Well, uh, I know this is my last Sunday to teach, but I'll still be here, and Shannon will be here, and we've got a house to sell, and um, we, we know that we'll see you on the 6th and be able to uh, see everybody coming in from uh, the different places that they've been with family. And, but I, I've been uh, thinking uh, about a whole lot. You know, what, would I, what, what am I going to say to you, you know? Um, well, first of all, just a few things, and they're, they're really basic that I want to encourage you, uh, but at the same time, um, um, they're so basic that sometimes we forget them. So the first thing is, uh, I really have always tried to make this not about me, uh, and y'all heard me say it before and for, I, I don't. I didn't want my name, not the other pastors, you know, it's all about them. I didn't want my name on anywhere. Uh, you know, I'm, I didn't want people to come because, oh, Pat, I want them to come because Jesus had called them. And I always wanted it to be about what the Lord wanted more than anything else. And I'm thankful for, man, the times of pastoring. Shannon and I have been talking every once in a while about different things. And y'all have been so good to us. We really want to say that to you. You've been very, very good to us. It has been... Uh, one of the most wonderful, hardest, greatest, most difficult uh, things I've ever ex- experienced. We've ever experienced. So starting a church is hard work. And those of you who were there at the very, very beginning, man, you sacrificed a lot. I remember sitting in that, uh, the Browns house uh, and uh, just saying, hey, I guess we got to talk about tithing. And that was like, what are we going to do? We got to start deciding where we're going to be, and just in a matter of minutes, over $21,000 was committed to get us jumping, and that was just through 17 people. And this is why you're here, because people sacrificed. People left their churches that they loved and went to for years because God called them to say, your work is done here, uh, come start this one. And Shannon and I, we, we, it's just been really good. Most pastors have a lot of, to complain about, um, I never did, really. Um, uh, uh, my greatest complaints are just hurting for people and ha- learning how to deal with that because that's a hard thing because uh, I'm a touchy-feely person. You know, I, I want everybody to be okay. And uh, you learn to take that on. So, um, but for us, we just want to tell you, first of all, because I know the, the time that we have at the, on the 6th is going to be come and go, but... Uh, I know we just want to tell you thank you. Thank you for loving us and trusting us and taking care of us. Uh, I mean, for those of you here with the beginning, man, the Lord said start the church in December. And then I think it was February when Shannon got cancer. And and y'all walked us through all that while we started a church. And you were so good. You took care of us and provided for us in such a difficult time. And... Um, our girls, you know, grew up here, you know, as they, uh, you know, as they went to college and you always supported them. And, and now I got my little grandson over there and, uh, and um, he's going to be here. And those are hard for us. But it's really weird. It's, it's as if it's like I'm not leaving. I, I, that's the way I feel. It's like I'm not leaving. I'm only going an hour and 45 minutes away, I have family here, I have you here, but I, I know that God has something incredible for you, but you've got to stay the course. So the first thing that I would tell you is, 
until a pastor who also has to pass this through the elders is led to a different vision and mission. Yours still remains the same. You are not in limbo. You're having a cornerstone class because there's people that are joining not because of me. They're joining because God's calling them here. And at that class, you will learn, just like we've been learning for 11 years, hey, uh, our mission is to influence our community with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And we know, even after I'm gone, we know how we're going to do that, to make sure that we grow in God's word, we engage in our, our, uh, our fellowship, that we serve our community, and that we live our life for God's glory. That's how it's done. That has not changed until God calls your elders uh, and, and a pastor here to change that vision. That vision will remain intact. Not because I want it to, not because that's my vision that I brought here. It's because uh, you should never, you, you don't, just because I'm pulling out and I'm, I'm being called away to a new mission, your mission still remains. So don't forget that. So you're influencers. So when you sit at the ball games and you, you, you're at work and you don't want to be nice to the boss and you're in the lines at the restaurants and you're frustrated and you're frustrated with your friends, you are an influencer. You influence them with who you are. And you influence them with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. So that means you got to forgive and you got to be kind and you got to be patient. All those things I've been teaching you for years. That means that the ingredients of love, that you have to live those still, right? Because you're influencers. And that's the, the very first thing I would really want to tell you. That know uh, what you're called to. Remind yourself. The second thing is, and these are all basic. Because I got to thinking when Paul and... Um, when they started a church, uh, when they started a church, um, and he had to leave, and that's what somebody told me. I thought, you know, you're right. It's like I'm this missionary that got called to start this little little church in this mid-county area, and then God says, hey, your work's done like you did Paul. He said, now I want you to go start another one. And uh, uh, he left elders there to take care of it just like we're leaving. A lot of churches aren't ran like that. They just leave, and they've lost their leader, and uh, the, the deacons are in charge or a staff person takes over. Your elders know exactly what's going on. That's why they're the one that's going to choose the next person and pray about it. Because they know, the, they know this church inside and out. But, but one of the things that I, I, I want to leave you with, and here's the basics, is one, pursue your relationship with Jesus Christ. If, if, if this world somehow, you know, took our Bible away, and we did not have one, I mean, if they burned them all, if they took everything away that was written, you could still pursue your relationship with Jesus, right? I'm thankful for the word. I know God gave us the word. I believe the word from beginning to end, but here's the thing. The first century church only had the Old Testament. The Old Testament that we call the Old Testament, the Old, Old Testament to them was something they really didn't hear about much unless they were in the synagogue or unless they were the chosen people of God, unless they were Jews. They had nothing. Peter, Paul, all those, they had nothing to read, to go to. All they had 
was Jesus. The stories of Jesus. The time with Jesus. And so one of the things that I want to leave with you and tell you. Pursue your personal relationship with Christ. Are you sad? Pursue your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you go, well, was that with the word? I'll get to that. Yeah, but I'm talking about when you sit in your car and you have the most horrible day, that you would know that Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. God is with us. And you pursue it by saying, hey, I know you're in me, but because I'm tangible and I I have this mind, I'm going to take and act like you're sitting in this seat in this car with me. And I'm just going to tell you how terrible my day is. And I know your Holy Spirit will speak to me because I I can't read my Bible while I drive. I I don't have anything to read. I could listen to something, but I want to be quiet. So would you just sit here and listen and God's going, yeah, I'm never going to leave you. And that's pursuing. It's having a conversation with God all the time. It's me sitting at my table this weekend and seeing my family and them not even knowing that in my mind I'm pursuing my relationship with Christ and all I'm doing is saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. And I do, and I say, oh, God, just let me live longer. Let me live longer. Let me live. Please, you can take me anytime you wanted. I know it's going to, nobody's, I'm not going to miss it, but please just let me enjoy this just a little bit longer. You know what that is? That's pursuing my relationship with Jesus. It's pursuing your relationship with Jesus. Somebody comes to you at your job and says something to you, and it's not nice, and it's nasty, and it's mean, and you don't know how to do with it. But you go back to your office, you sit in your chair, and you close the door, and you pursue your relationship. And even though you may not have anything there that is of the word, anything written, you have your God in your heart. Pursue your conversation. Are you all with me? Pursue it. Don't ever stop pursuing it. Because in my times of it being hard to be a pastor and hard to be a church starter and difficult to deal, not with people being difficult, but with people that were hurting and trying to help them, I knew nothing else to do but to say while they're counseling me, while they're, while they're telling me something bad that's happened to them, to say in my mind, oh God, help me. Oh God, I need you. I can't do this alone. You can't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. Pursue. The second thing I really wanted to to give to you is this understanding that now that we have the word and we, we can go to it, is never change the gospel. And your elders will take care of this. Everybody's changing the gospel, guys. Churches are changing the gospel. They are adding to the salvation that comes only through Christ alone. Do you realize that? That's happening in our world today. And this church, you as an individual, the gospel is this. Jesus Christ died for our sin. And that believing in that and confessing that is the gospel. Nothing else can be added to it. Listen, in in Galatians chapter chapter 1, 6 through 10, and I go to Galatians a lot. Did you know the first first book we ever went through in the Bible, letter, um, that we ever went through uh, in in the Bible was was Galatians? Because I wanted you all to know about freedom, and that's going to be one of my points. Never change the gospel. Listen to this, uh, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6. 
I'm telling you, people are saying everybody goes to heaven. There's all one way. There's a bunch of gods, and they all lead to the one true God. I, I don't find that anywhere in Scripture. I, I can't make up things just to make me feel good, right? Jesus, Jesus came to this earth and said, hey, listen, I'm dying for this world. I'm the only way to the Father, right? Jesus said, there's no other way to the Father. And we are simply adding so much to it. We add, listen, even in other denominations that I've talked to, they would say, I would ask pastors, are you saved? And, and I would say, yes. Or they would ask me, I go, yeah, I'm saved. Oh, so you spoke in tongues. And I go, wait a minute, you just added to the gospel. You can speak in tongues all you want, but there's nothing attached to Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. And I don't have to speak in a foreign tongue. But am I against tongues? No, it's a biblical gift. But don't attach it to the gospel. Oh, uh, or, or do you know Jesus Christ, Pat? Yes, I do. Are you sure? Yeah, I know him. I've confessed him. I believe in him. But have you sinned since then? Well, yeah, I've sinned since then. Oh, well, then you need to be rebaptized. That's adding to the gospel. I would tell every church, don't add anything else to make you feel good, to make it easier for people to enter to the kingdom of God. You go, it should be easy. It's hard because we have to give up our selfishness and we have to have great faith, right? That is something I'm seeing in the American church today. We want everybody to be accepted. I want to tell you, God accepts everybody, but not everybody accepts Jesus Christ. Listen, he says, I'm amazed that you are so, he's writing to the Galatians, he said, listen, I'm amazed. It would be my, like me leaving here and then finding out that y'all said, oh, you know, um, we believe we're worshiping every God in here. We're worshiping Buddha and we're worshiping, I'm going to, I would sit back and write the same thing. I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Look, which is really not another, not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Listen, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if a man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. For I am now seeking the favor of men, for am I now seeking the favor of men, are of God. Or am I striving to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant to Christ. Man, I tell you, I was thinking, uh, just closing and, 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 uh, and thinking, how would I close this out? I don't, I don't want that to happen here. I don't want to come back and say, because uh, even when we started the church, remember, those of you who were there, they said, oh, we water down the gospel. Oh, they're kind of a grace church. And I'm going, well, yeah, we're a grace church because Jesus is full of grace. But we are not watering down the gospel. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. And people would say, oh, they don't have invitations at that church. They just kind of close so people don't come to know the Lord. I'm going, excuse me? We've had, we have had 212 people accept Christ through the ministries here 
the carpenter's way. And we've baptized 160. I'm not saying that for me, but what I'm saying is the gospel could be presented, but not necessarily in the way that we're used to. So I want you to know, please, individually, don't add anything to the gospel. Listen, watch this. It sounds mean. Not everybody will choose Christ. And if you don't choose Christ, you don't choose an eternity. Right now, people are, are saying, well, there's no hell. There's a hell. And we're going, well, it's, it's really not that bad. It's just kind of, it's going to be kind of your own place. And you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. I, there's a hell in the Bible. And we can't change those things. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Because we want people uh, to feel better. There's heaven and there's hell. If there wasn't a heaven and hell, why would there be Jesus? What would he be saving us from? You ever think about that? The third thing that I want you to, to remember is this. Never, never, ever give up your freedom. Never give up your freedom. And I'm not talking about the freedom in America, the freedom to worship. I'm talking about never give up your freedom that you are free because of Christ from sin. That there are things you are capable of walking away from. Never give up your freedom to fear, right? Some of us are very fearful about what's going to happen to us. We're fearful about our children. We're fearful about the future. Don't give up your freedom. Don't give up your freedom in Christ. Don't give up your freedom that that Christ is with you. In Galatians 5, uh, verse 1, You can turn there if you want. All these. Look what it says. uh, Chapter 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Everybody look. I, I want you to hear what he wrote to this church that was pulling away from the freedom of God. Listen. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, Keep standing firm and do not be subject, subject again to a yoke of slavery. Don't be subject to the yoke of... Now, what he was talking about is he was talking about the Jews that lived under the law and Christ came to fulfill that law, to, to, to say, hey, the law is not totally dead, but it, it led you to what life should really be about and don't go back to that yoke. Everybody look right here. I mean, this is, this is so important. Don't give up your freedom for a mistake you made. Don't give up your freedom for uh, uh, what somebody says about you that's not true. It's not even close to what God says about you. Don't give up your freedom to anger. Don't give up your freedom to be able to forgive. Don't give up your freedom and become bitter. To become chained to something that's just going to rip your relationship with God. Don't give up your freedom. Christ came. You stand firm in the fact that I am free 
Even though people won't let me be free, I am free from my past. I am free from the mistake I made. I am free from what the world says. You need to be fearful, and I am free from fear. I am free. Please, I would tell you, don't give up your freedom. Or Christ, well, he died for nothing. You can overcome anything. Anything. All right? Don't give up your freedom. <laughs> Don't give up your freedom. The next thing I was thinking uh, for all of us is, one of the things I've loved about Carpenter's Way is, really, honestly, it's been pretty peaceful. You know, it really has. A lot of churches by this time would have argued about carpet and birdseed or rice, throwing it. Those are the things that I grew up with, you know. Throw birdseed, no. Throw rice, no, you know. No, we want green carpet. No, we want red carpet. Uh, I mean, people used to argue about that, you know. But don't don't argue. Take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Don't you worry about those kids. They're fine. Two, one through four. He was writing, remember, this is, all this is about what, what I think I should leave you and what Paul wrote to the church after he left. Right? Here's what he said. He said this. Therefore, uh, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit... If any, listen, if any affection and compassion, this is what I would say to you. Just like Paul said, make my joy complete. And let me, let me find joy in knowing this about you. That you would be of the same mind. That you would maintain the same love. That you would be united in spirit. You would be intent on one purpose. And do nothing out of selfish, selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility in mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Look, listen to this. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. That's what I would say to you. Be at peace. Don't start wars here. Don't, don't just because you want it one way, don't bring that way up. Listen, there are things about us that we believe are preference. Remember? And I always taught y'all that truth has no room for what? Preference. And preference is, carpet is just a preference. You know that? Where you put a building is just a preference. Truth has no room for preference. All those things are just man-made. So just, just make sure that you live peaceful lives together. When the elders give you a report and you're going, well, I want more. Don't go out there and say, how come they're not telling us anything? Nobody's hiding anything from you. I heard that a, a lot over the years as we began to grow. People going, well, they're kind of secretive. We don't know what's going on. And I go, it's because we got nothing to tell you, you know? And secondly, if we have something to tell you, we want to make sure that we're ready to tell you that it's in order. But there were times that you go, oh, what are they doing in that back room, you know? We're just... Praying and asking God what we need to do about a certain finance, how we need to help a family, what comes next. So I want you to know, don't look for ways to bicker. Does that make sense? Don't bring what you think a church should be. 
This is already, this is already intact. We know the mission. We know the vision. And I told all of you that came in when I said, didn't I? I did more to push you away than I did to pull you in. And I said, listen, don't bring what you think church ought to be or your problems from your other church here uh, because we know who we are and we know where we're going and we know what we're doing. Nothing has changed. That's why I started at the beginning. Nothing has changed, right? And then uh, be peaceful and don't forget to pray for your elders as they make decisions. Just pray. Pray that they have wisdom. Pray, listen, pray that they will all agree. Pray that uh, uh, one who's supposed to speak up will speak up and one that's not just supposed to speak up will not speak up. Pray that they would have great wisdom and hear the Holy Spirit. But be at peace. Nobody's trying to keep a secret from you. And let me tell you something about calling a pastor. You go, are they getting close? Are they get, is that the person? Is that the person? You've got to be very careful with the individual you're looking at. They're secretive. And you go, not, well, you said they're not secretive. They're protecting that person in case that person is somewhere else and their church hears. And he says, no, I was just supposed to go look at it, but I'm not coming. And all of a sudden, the church thinks they're leaving when all they were doing was just saying, God, are you calling me away? And maybe God goes, no. I'm going to let you go there, interview, and then I'm going to give you your second win to finish your work over there. Are you with me? Be at peace. Y'all have been a very peaceful church, and I appreciate it. And then uh, the last thing that uh, I wanted to bring to you is look at Philippians chapter 2, 14. Good deal. Remember, verse 14, it says this. It says this. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. That's just another reminder. Listen to this. So that you will prove yourselves. Now, everybody come back because some of us have shut down. That's okay. I want you to really hear this. Do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That's what we have out there. That word crooked, you probably know it means scoliosis. It comes from a Greek word called scolia. It's crooked out there. Among who you appear, this is a perverse generation among whom you appear as the lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that, now please hear me, so that in the day of Christ, Paul's writing this. He said, I want you to hold out the word of truth in this crooked and depraved generation so that, so that in the day of Christ, I will have reason to glory. The day that I see Christ for the first time, the day that I, I, I reach heaven, watch this. It says, I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. And that's the last thing I want to tell you. It's personal here. Don't let the 11 years that God has called me here be for nothing. Don't let this work so that when I see God, that my work here would be in vain. Because when a God 
God calls a, a pastor, a church starter. He calls them away. And their greatest, their greatest enjoyment is to see that nobody gave up. Nobody quit. Nobody left the church because we don't have a pastor. That I would not hear that the work that I've put in and that you've put in and that these people that helped start this church put in, that it would be for nothing. That's, is that fair? I think it was for Paul, and it's fair for me. Some people are going to want to leave. If you leave immediately, you follow a pastor. Mm -mm, I didn't teach you that. If you say, God, tell me when to leave. And until then, I'm here 110%. This is my church. This is my family. And we can do it with the greatest leader of all. And that is you, Jesus Christ. So you become my leader. The greatest thing, uh, somebody asked me, says, let's say we build a building in five, three or four years and you come back. Would that bother you? I go, no. No. That would be awesome. I can't wait to come in and see it filled and see all the people that I don't know that I didn't labor in vain. That we didn't waste each other's time. I won't waste what you poured into my life. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to use it. And I hope you don't waste how God allowed me to pour into your life. That would be in vain. And so those are the things that I would say. I know my wife's going to say no, but I want her to come up here anyway. Uh, William, come here. We just want to um, let you guys know together that we do love you. And we know that it'll be a walk through and, um, um, on the 6th, but we will miss you greatly. And... Uh, we, we want you to pray for our new ministry. There are people that needed us here and there are people that need us there, apparently. And so that's what we're going to do. I think Wacey has something to say. Thank you, Pat. What a great word. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I have a few things I want to say on behalf of the elders. I, um, I'm not going to say a whole lot. I, you know, Pat um, has been clear from the beginning and all through this. This is not about him. And so this is not Pat's last Sunday, so let's glorify Pat today. This is just like any Sunday, and that's not what we're here to do. We're here to glorify our Lord. And, uh, Pat, you've done that faithfully and drawn our attention not to you but, but to him uh, these years. So I just want to say a few things uh, on behalf of the elders and, and also personally. <laughs> Um, one is, uh, Pat, Pat has said many, many times, what a great staff we have here. And, uh, we do, uh, maybe people just say that cause that's what you're supposed to say, but that's not why he's saying it. We have an extremely capable, uh, for this size church, unbelievably talented group of people, uh, here and they're still here and they are so committed to, to, to fill in the voids, uh, in this interim time. Um, the staff has met with Pat. Uh, Pat has met with the elders. The elders and Pat have met with the staff, and everybody's met with everybody to talk about uh, the things that uh, need to carry on. Uh, we're still going to have a crossover. We're still going to have Cornerstone class coming up soon. We are not putting anything on pause. 
we're moving ahead. And uh, that's what Pat would want. More importantly, it's what the Lord wants us to do. That's right. And so uh, that's what we're doing. And, and uh, we have uh, Jason Roy is going to be speaking next Sunday, and he's going to share in more detail. Uh, and then we'll do that on a monthly basis. We could do it more often. We just don't want to distract from Sunday mornings, focus on our time of worship and, and uh, hearing God's word. So we'll just do that occasionally. And if you have questions along the way, just stop any of us. Uh, Jason will introduce who all the elders are, are next week, so, you'll, uh, so you're not unsure about that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, the, we're having a, well, I think we're calling it a reception. I don't know exactly what we're calling it. It didn't sound right to say, let's have a party because Pat and Shannon are leaving. That just didn't sound quite like the right tone. But we are having a reception, and because of the you know, COVID kind of stuff, we're going to do it come and go. So it's, there's not going to be like a speech or an event that you have to be here for 6 o'clock you know, uh, so that people have the freedom to come, come and go without feeling like they're going to miss anything. Uh, but it's just time to say hey, and we're going to have some uh, individually packaged uh, desserts, so you know n nobody's touching each other's food and all that stuff. So, uh, but it's a it's a casual. It's uh, six to eight on that Wednesday night. We didn't want to do it this Wednesday because of the holidays and people being out of town. We thought more people would be back the following week, and then the week after that is when we resume community groups. So, the sixth uh, is when we'll do that. So. Um, you have an opportunity to give a short word of in the little cards in the front. It looked like those were being uh, used pretty well. So feel free to write a funny story or a, uh, or a sarcastic comment, whatever, whatever suits you the most. I chose the latter. <laughs> um, uh, I, I thought uh, the best thing we could do, we want to pray with Pat and Shannon, and I want to share a verse of scripture about prayer with you before we do. It's flip, and it's, it's so timely to me for our situation we're in right now. Uh, it's a lot of uncertainty, right? We don't know who the next pastor is going to be. We, we don't know, you know, Pat and Shannon, uh, we think we're experiencing change. Their whole world is, <laughs> is changing. Um, and, and, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And there's a verse, uh, Pat, you were, you're hitting all around it a minute ago. Uh, it's in Philippians 4. You know where I'm headed. And it says this. Uh, it's, about, it's about being anxious. Uh, and I, I, to me, anxious is kind of like feeling all the uh, negative effects of something that's never even happened yet. <laughs> right? And may not happen. But anxiety is what makes us uh, feel the pain of something that may or may not even uh, come to pass. And um, <clears throat> the, this verse says, be anxious uh, do not be, excuse me, do not be anxious. Uh, gotta get that right. A little small word I left out. Uh, do not be anxious about anything. Uh, there was a song, I'm gonna pause right there. There was a song, I don't know, in the, was it the 80s or 90s, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Great song. Uh, I don't want to take away, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate the song, but there's, there's some pieces missing in between there that this verse fills in for us. This verse doesn't say, don't be anxious for anything, but be happy. It says, it says, uh, more than happiness, our, our goal is to have peace that transcends our circumstances. Happiness is about your circumstances. Peace is, is deeper than that, right? So we need peace right now. Happiness is good. Peace is what we really need to hold on to. Uh, so how do we get there? Well, the verse has some few words in between there. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, 
with Thanksgiving, right, which assumes our prayers and petitions are going to be answered, right? We pray with Thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If we do only one thing well as a church right now, what we need to do well is pray. Uh, that's how we started. That's what sustained us. And that's what will take us into the future is prayer and God's hand being on this church. And it begins with prayer. It really does. I, I can't, I know that's what you're supposed to say when you have the microphone, you're sitting a bunch of people who came to church, you're supposed to say that. But I just can't emphasize that enough. It is, it's, it's true. It's the heart of where we are. So uh, I'm going to attempt, if my voice will last this long, I'm going to attempt to lead us in a prayer for Pat and Shannon. Y'all come stand up here. And we're not uh, normally in a situation like this would have y'all gather in. Let me just ask the elders and wives if you would just come up here uh, and, and stand with them. We're just, this is just so we don't have everybody's hands on everybody else's hands and be the church is guilty of infecting the whole community. <clears throat> but y'all stand with us and... Uh, in your hearts, join your, <laughs> join up here with us, and we're just going to pray um, for these dear people. Father God, we thank you so much uh, for your love for us. We thank you for the many ways <clears throat> that you've expressed it through the birth of Christ, first and foremost, and and uh, your death on the cross to pay a price that we were incapable of paying for ourselves. And and uh, Father, you have. Um, you, you've given us freedom, you've given us life, and we are eternally grateful for that. Father, you've loved us well through the people that you've placed in our path, and particularly here at Carpenter's Way with Pat and Shannon. We thank you for the, for the ministry, we thank you for the friendship, and we thank you for the, for the, uh, uh, the things we'll, we'll never forget, that we'll hold on to for, forever in the way that you've loved us through, uh, through them. Uh, Father, uh, this this is hard. It's hard for all of us. Change is hard. Uh, you've designed us to be emotional beings, and and this is an emotional change. Uh, Father, um, I, I'm I'm glad this isn't a fun time. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that our relationship is deep enough to where the the transition is difficult. Uh, we just thank you that you've blessed us that way. I pray for Pat and Shannon. I pray for there's a lot of decisions that they need to make and housing and timing and and uh, getting started in a new church and new community and new friendships and um, how, to, how to manage the time back and forth with, with family and uh, just a lot of things that uh, we know are, are on their minds now. And Father, we just pray you take care of every single one of those details. And I pray that the ministry that they start in um, in Kingwood would flourish and that um, greater things would, would come about in your kingdom as a result of their obedience. Father, I pray for Carpenter's Way, but I do pray for uh, the elders and the staff and each person that's got a role, which is which is all of us, um, and that, that we would be like uh, your, your word describes the the parts of the body working together, each each member doing its thing and supportive, being supportive of one another. We just pray for the uh, continued peace and, and unity and clarity uh, of direction. We pray for that, that person that uh, you'll be sending here, not to replace Pat, but to assume 
a position that Pat had in this church and to take us to a um, to the next uh, next direction you'd have us go. And uh, we just pray for that time in between that, that the gospel would be shared and people would respond and we would be faithful to um, uh, to share truth and grace in this community. Father, we thank you for love, your love for us. And uh, we pray we would be faithful to to love you back. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Missed. <laughs>